What's going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy Combine Edition. We're going to go through the linebackers that we took a look at at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis last week. But first and foremost, what a crazy week this has been with just the NFL in general. I mean, franchise tags going out everywhere. Daniel Jones getting a four-year, $160 million contract. Do you think the team at all regrets not go ahead and locking in that fifth-year option? I'm just saying, whole lot less money to get one more year of a look at Daniel Jones before you put $160 million into that dude. I don't... Let that be a lesson to you because the same thing happened with Josh Jacobs. They're now paying him more because they decided not to do his fifth-year option and then turned around and franchise-tagged him as well. It just seems like we maybe need to just think it might be a good deal. I don't know. That's just me. But the fact of the matter is is that they are able to franchise-tag Saquon Barkley because they had to get Daniel Jones under contract. I mean, had is a strong word. And then I'm really, really interested to see what happens with Lamar Jackson with basically the Ravens saying, hey guys, you go ahead and see what people are willing to pay you out there, and then we'll either match it or get two first-round draft picks out of it, because clearly the market is broken. But I don't know if it's going to be fixed. That's the thing. Somebody might be desperate enough to make this deal. The fact of the matter is is that it's going to be one of these teams that ends up missing out on a quarterback and tries to finagle the system and get somebody right then and there. The curious thing is is that I don't really know exactly how it works, but I'm curious to see if they could agree to a contract mid-draft mid and give up their 7th, 8th, 15th round draft pick, whatever, like if the uh, commanders just decided, you know what, we don't want to trade up and we're just going to go ahead and have Lamar agree to this contract and you can either take our first-round pick right now or not and then sign Lamar. Could be interesting TV, I'm just saying. Like I said, all that could be just not actually how it works. I don't know that specific on this tag because it rarely ever happens in this sense, in this scenario with such a high-profile player. But let's see how it rolls out. I'm curious. It's going to be at least something fun to watch. Other big news as far as IDP goes is that Eric Kendricks of the Minnesota Vikings was cut. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast at all, you would know that last year at the start of the season, I was very concerned about Mr. Kendrick. Had been a very high-profile, high-running linebacker for a lot of years in fantasy. They bring in Jordan Hicks, and what did I say? This don't look good. I have a feeling Hicks is going to outperform him, and that could lead to a cheaper version of Eric Kendricks for the Vikings. Well, Hicks finished higher than him in IDP scoring, and Eric Kendricks' expensive cap hit is now bye-bye. So, Jordan Hicks, I'm very excited about going forward. Eric Kendricks, we'll see where he lands. I think that he has all of the ability still to be a very dominant player. I don't think that he's by any stretch of the imagination done in the NFL. The question is, is he going to go to a team that's going to be just as impactful for fantasy IDP scoring as the Minnesota Vikings were? 
The teams that currently come to mind for me that he could go to right now and make an immediate impact is the Dallas Cowboys. They have uh, Leighton Vander Esch being a free agent if they don't want to re-sign him or if they're able to get Kendricks for cheaper just because he's a little bit more older. Then they could have that opportunity. The other team that I'm very interested in seeing if he ends up at is the Buffalo Bills. If they decide not to go with Tremaine Edmonds and they want to go with uh, Eric Kendricks, a little bit older statesman, will that actually pan out? They'll still have Milano to play next to him there. I think that, but they've been proven that that defense can get two different guys being very uh, beneficial as far as IDP scoring goes. But, and it's another thing that I, I haven't really brought up on the podcast yet, is that the Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator decided to take a year off, back away. I'm not sure if that's going to really impact their defense at all, if they're going to kind of run the same scheme. I would assume they'd be running something similar because they didn't go out and like hire a new one. You know, They're just going to next man up style. But it's something to monitor, if especially in the you know early part of the season, if things seem like they're a little bit more rotational heavy or non-rotational heavy, how they're going to do their splits, what they're setting up formation-wise, definitely something to keep an eye on there. So there's a lot going on in the NFL, even though we're just dead middle of March right now. About a month and a half until the draft. We've got a lot of work to do ahead of us. And the first thing that we're going to do is talk about these linebackers from the NFL Combine. Now, I'm going to talk about some of the guys that really popped at the Combine. Not necessarily guys that are going to be drafted first, but guys that maybe at least made a name for themselves or you're kind of looking at some of these Combine stats and being like, whoa, what is going on with this guy? Can somebody tell me a little bit more about them? That's what I'm here to do. Hi, my name is Seth. Join me on this ride. Owen Papo from Auburn, six foot, 225 pound linebacker. He had 92 tackles last season, two and a half sacks and a pick. This dude ran a 439 40-yard dash. That is booking. Now, he's only 225 pounds, a little bit on the light side, only six foot tall, a little bit on the short side when it comes to linebackers. But he had a 1.52 second 10-yard split on that 40-yard dash. And what does that mean? What does that split mean? What it means is, can he get off the ball and how fast he's getting off the ball? If you're below basically 1.62, you're doing really, really good. So 1.52 is outstanding. Yeah, 35.5 inch vertical, six foot, two inch, or sorry, 10 foot, six inch long jump. And then this dude goes out at 225 pounds and reps 29 bench reps. <laughs> Athletic freak at the combine. And the other thing is, is that he's a true leader on this Auburn defense. He's probably going to be best suited as a weak side linebacker in the NFL. <clears throat> but overall, I think that he is uh, has the ability to become a versatile athlete and playmaker in the NFL. He's got a great athletic profile, as we just kind of talked about. And he can he has the ability to you know develop into a really solid defender. 
The great thing is, is that he's good in pass coverage, and he can blitz. That 1.52 split tells you that. Playing him on the outside will help him with some of the the mud that he'd get stuck in being a little bit underside on the inside. And, you know, having to go through all these offensive guards and centers that are getting to the second level. But that being said, what's best for his game does not necessarily lead to tackle opportunities as far as fantasy outlook goes. So there are some concerns there. I think he helped himself absolutely in the combine. I think he probably gained maybe a round as far as drafting goes. That kind of speed can't be taught. Some team will feel like they can teach him everything else. But if you're 4'9 speed, really 4'4, but 4'3'9 speed, I'm not going to take that 4'3 away from him. And you only had two and a half sacks on the season. It tells me that you're not very skilled with your pass rush moves. But once again, tremendous athlete, has great range, has fantastic coverage linebacker upside, which is great to have somebody on the field for three downs. He, he's developmental in the run, but he's not afraid to defend against the run. He's got solid leadership, great work ethic, work ethic. But things to be concerned about, he's undersized. Fat, plain and simple, that makes it tough. 225 in the NFL is tough. Now, I know the NFL is getting faster and smaller, but he's still going to have to be a guy that has to play on the outside linebacker. He's not going to be playing middle linebacker. He's not super great as far as his read and react skills go. And he did have a significant amount of missed tackles that you just can't ignore. That being said, that doesn't mean you can't be successful in the NFL. Just ask Alex Anzalone because that dude has never seen a tackle that he wants to make. But, I mean, just blew the doors off of the combine as far as the stats you can get. And he's one of the only guys that really did all of the, uh, well, I say that, the majority of the events. He didn't do the three-cone or the 20-yard shuffle. Those two, when it comes to middle linebackers, I'm very, very curious about because that really tells me how they're side-to-side movement, behind the linemen, behind the D-tackles, how they can get up to a hole and hit it. It matters a lot, I think, to their success. Next guy we're going to talk about is Trenton Simpson. A Clemson boy, six foot three, 230 pounds. He had 28 tackles and four sacks in eight games for the Tigers. Ran a 4-4-3-40. 1.55 10-yard split, so another very impressive 10-yard split. And 25 bench reps. A lot of reps for, you know, a 230-pound guy. I mean, obviously, 29 for the 225-pound Owen, but that's solid strength that he has in this, you know, tight frame. The tough thing with Simpson is <clears throat> he's so versatile, it's hard to know what's going to happen with him. This is a guy that could be playing safety when everything's said and done. The expectations are going to depend on the plan in place by the team that drafts him, and that's what's so hard to kind of predict this guy. 
Are they wanting him to be more of a traditional linebacker? Are they wanting him to be all over the field? Are they wanting him to play more of a safety and then nickel linebacker? Do they want him to play on the outside? It might be tough if they don't really know how to use him, and there could be a lag in his development, which means he's not going to be a valuable asset in fantasy early on. And that might take a little bit of time before we can see the best version of him in the NFL. Eventually, I think he's going to absolutely be a plus starter and a guy that's going to be valuable to your fantasy team. But I also feel that he's a little bit of a poor man's Isaiah Simmons. Same team in college, same kind of scheme. He's playing that same role, not as well as Isaiah Simmons played it. And Isaiah Simmons, for all of the hype, has really had two and a half not impressive years and the back half of this year, it started to look a lot better. Now he's going to be going to a new defensive scheme with a new head coach and new defensive coordinator going to this year in Arizona. So I'm curious to see how Isaiah Simmons looks after this year. But it could be the exact same story with Trenton Simpson if a team gets him and doesn't exactly know how to best utilize him and tries to coach him on everything rather than what you know one thing and let him get better and focus and then improve and then flex him across the board. It's curious to see, but there are reasons to really like the guy. He's got phenomenal range and coverage and pursuit, which means he's going to stay on the field for passing downs. Fantastic for fantasy. He is an explosive hitter, and he has a lot of power, which 25 bench rep shows that, but he also is not afraid to go after the ball and finish and get to the running back or the wide receiver. As I said, he's got phenomenal passing down value, and he has playmaking stature with that. And he's got really good instincts. Not afraid to play in space against the pass. Not afraid of possibly losing his guy. He knows what's going to happen. But again, he is a Swiss Army knife, and some people might not know how to even open it. The defensive scheme is going to be tough if they don't do it right. He also saw a reduced impact this year when they moved him to more of a traditional stack linebacker role. That's concerning. They tried to pay him more linebacker this year, and that's why he had so few tackles. I mean, he still played eight games. We're only talking about 28 tackles. Four sacks, great, but you ain't starting anybody if you're averaging that. And he's not really good at setting the edge or really breaking down blocks. And that's just going to be an area of improvement. That's where the stack linebacker kind of, he kind of failed a little bit. But he's a phenomenal athlete. Right team uses him, right team gets in, in play. You're going to like what you see out of it. They got to be creative. Don't just try to put him into a box, put him into an athletic role. So more to come on him. I'm really curious to see where he ends up as far as drafting. Based on what Arizona's done, I'm probably there, but I, I kid. It's a new regime. Hopefully they don't just keep drafting linebackers in the first round when their offensive line is trash and they have really nothing going on their offense outside of solid receivers, above-average quarterback that runs around because nobody can block for him. My next 
guy from the uh, the combine that really popped off the page for me was Yazir Abdullah out of Louisville. He's six one, two thirty seven. 63 tackles this year, nine and a half sacks, 10 sacks in 2021, so some consistency there, and two picks this year. This guy just had a solid combine overall, just plus athlete in every category. 44740, 1.56 10-yard split, so good there. 36.5 vert, 10.9-foot 10, 10. broad jump. And he's an interesting case because in college, he'd gotten better, gotten better, gotten better, and then became a significant player junior and senior year for Louisville. The fact of the matter is, though, he's nowhere near ready to be just a, he's not a day one starter kind of guy in the NFL. His improvements as a player start with his lack of overall strength. He, uh, you know, in the run game, he he gets kind of manhandled by offensive linemen. He needs to work on getting good hand placement and getting stronger to be able to rip off those blocks. When he's on the front side of plays, he's often moved out of the way and struggles to keep his integrity and keep his spot. Instead of, like, locking and shedding offensive linemen, he'll try to spin out of them or... Do some extra move is what I've seen, which results in him basically giving up a a run lane for the running backs. As a pass rusher, his lack of strength does impact his him negatively because he just doesn't have the power to speed counter move to be able to kind of get out of once he's locked in. He's fast off the edge, but if you catch him, then he's you know he's caught. That's basically the best way to put it. So all you have to really focus on as an offensive lineman is don't get beat via speed, and then you got him taken care of. But that being said, he does have pass rush production two years in a row. He's got strong lateral agility. He's got good closing speed. He just needs to get stronger at the point of attack. He's I don't know if he's gonna be more than ever more than just a role player type of guy. I don't think that he is the second coming of Hassan Reddick type guy, but he could play the Hassan Reddick role in certain positions and passing downs. Not going to be that every down kind of guy. And his size, he's 6'1", 237. Once again, weight's pretty good. Height, a little undersized, but I'm not opposed to that. But it's that he doesn't play with power or strength. That's where you can see it. If he was that and he's and he's shedding these blocks, I don't think anybody's going to be too concerned about his size. But it's more of how you feel his size impacts his play when you watch him, if that makes sense. I bring this guy up because he was a combine warrior. But I expect him to be a day three pick. That probably starts on special teams and, you know, special packages on rushing downs or passing downs, rather. But he's also shown the ability to learn and grow and become a team guy. He started out as not getting a lot of playing time at Louisville and blossomed into a a leader and a big role on that team. And I think that he could be a great team guy. 
But this is one of those guys that just because he ran a 4-4-7-40 does not make him a diamond in the rough when it comes to your fantasy draft day. Don't get caught up on all of this when you can tell that the tape doesn't lie. Next guy we're going to talk about is Dorian Williams. Another guy that had a phenomenal combine. This guy's 6'1", 228, so a little bit smaller even than Yazir Abdullah. But he played for Tulane. He had 132 tackles last year, five sacks, two interceptions. Really, really solid numbers. Ran a 4-4-9-40, 1.54-10-yard split. 33.5 vert, 10-foot broad. Solid numbers across the board. Obviously, the 4.49 is the part that everybody's like, oh my goodness. I like the 1.54 because that is explosive as well. Honestly, the linebackers and D linemen this year were out of their minds when it came to like 40 yard dashes and some of these drills. They were just, these athletes are just insane. But as far as Williams concerned, he again, he kind of profiles as being an impact special teamer. That could be a depth linebacker piece. He has the physical makeups to be a starter, but has to get stronger. Play a little faster and develop more instinct. He's a little bit more uh, read and react versus the instinctiveness that really is what, at the NFL level, if you're if you're not, read and react, you're too slow. It's just fact of the matter is. He's going to struggle with a speed change to the NFL. And he's going to have to get better of all those things to be a starter at the next level. I think he can. He's got solid size and frame, just how he looks compared to Yazir Abdullah. He just looks a little bit more put together. He's not afraid of going in the middle. He's not afraid of ripping and block, uh, getting off blocks of those offensive linemen. He's got a good special team resume, so that's going to help him be on NFL rosters and, and gain experience. He's got good movement skills, and he has very, very good college production. But again, he also struggles with getting off blocks, losing his balance when he gets in contact, and he's, as I said, not strong with his read and react skills. It's very much processing time versus instinctive. He's just another guy that will need some time to develop. I think he plays much more physical, and plays with more power than a Yasir Abdullah. And if he goes to the right team, he could develop into a gym within two to three years down the road. Not a guy that I would be putting on my roster and holding for a couple of years. There's way too much talent at linebackers that can help you now. Maybe just keep an eye on the guy. But even then, it all depends on what TB goes to. I got two more guys I want to talk about. One of them is going to be quick. That's Drew Sanders, 6'4, 235 pound linebacker from Arkansas. 103 tackles this year, nine and a half sacks, and one interception. First year as a full time starter, he was a transfer from Alabama. However, he did not participate in combined events. He's arguably the number one linebacker in this draft class. But we'll have to dive deeper later on with this guy because this is a combine review show. 
And if you didn't do anything in the Combine, I got nothing for you at this point in time. I want to talk about the guys that were there, the guys that were prepared and willing to hit the field. But I wanted to make sure that you guys didn't think that I just overlooked him or missed him because he wasn't at the Combine. I'm well aware of Drew Sanders. Well aware. But let's talk about a guy that was at the Combine and a guy that is rising up my boards heavily. That's Mr. Jack Campbell from Iowa. 6'5", 249 pounds of man. 125 tackles, one sack, and two picks this last year. 2021, he had 140 tackles. He's not afraid to get his nose in there and get the tackles. Fantasy football-wise, love to see it. Want that consistency. Gotta love it. Watched a lot of tape on him coming into the combine. Looked good. Felt like he played a little slow. Not that he was not making tackles or anything like that. It's just how he runs. But he's also six foot five, 249 pounds. So he's a big man. So I was very curious to see what, what happened at the combine with, with Mr. Campbell. He ran a 4.65 40-yard dash. Slower than the other guys we talked about? Yes. But 10-yard split, still 1.59. Under the threshold of that 1.62 I talked about earlier. Good. Checks the box. 4.65, happy to see that number when you're 250 pounds of brawn just running down defenders. That's plenty of speed. And this dude just looks like he's ready to be in a bar fight. You know, I mean, I'm talking, you go back to the 1970 linebackers of the NFL, and that's what this guy feels like. Just an absolute throwback to a time that was. Just just love to see it, really. You just you just do. So what what about his other stats? Yeah, he had 37 and a half inch vertical which is in the 90th percentile of middle linebackers. 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump, 98th percentile of middle linebackers. 6.743 cone drill, which is like the top three best three-cone drills by an interior linebacker since the combines basically tracked it. 98th percentile athletic score on that. 4.24, 4.24, 20-yard shuttle. Now, he didn't do the bench press, but his lateral movement is so impressive. 40-yard dash is right where I'm happy with it. It's a 2022 Buckkiss Award winner. Campbell delivered highly productive career at Iowa. He's got all the accolades. Consensus All-American while also being named a permanent team captain. He's got the best tape in the class. You're not going to find a bad game from Jack Campbell. You'll see some bad series, maybe a couple bad plays, but overall game, his consistency is just there. That's what you want. Now, I'm telling you right now, Drew Sanders has... The ability to be more valuable in fantasy, absolutely. 
He's got a little bit more instinct on the sacks. He's probably never going to get Jack in tackles. But he's going to have all of that extra. But Campbell has the size and physicality to just be a behemoth, angry man in the middle of your defense. He's got phenomenal processing ability, very smart. He's got great leadership and in, in intangibles. His man coverage skill set probably can use some work. 4-6-5, I'm good with that. Zone coverage across the middle, he's not going to have any problems with. And listen, we're talking about fantasy, right? So maybe he's a step behind a leaking running back. Guess what? He'll get the tackle, and you'll get the points. Not upset about it. He's not. He, they're not going to take him off the field on passing downs. He's not like that bad. He's not really even that. Not. He's just good. He's just not great. I love this dude's tape. My biggest concern coming into the combine was his side-to-side mobility and his 40 time. All those things make me feel so much better about Jack Campbell. And if you're looking for a guy that's going to be a day-in and day-out stalwart for your team in a dynasty league for the next six to ten years, this is a guy out of all these linebackers I feel the best about. That being said, very high on Drew Sanders as well. Kind of a shame that he didn't participate. But it is what it is. Everybody has their strategies. They're trying to get money for them. I get it. This is all just kind of a circus, and we're just watching as fans of it. Eating peanuts, hoping the elephants come by. That was last year with Jordan Davis. So we are where we are. I'm excited to see where some of these guys end up. Excited to keep writing, going through the tape, trying to understand a little bit more about some of these guys that popped that I don't really know as much about to go back and get a little bit more familiar with. And even the guys that maybe didn't pop. Is their tape good enough that I'm not really that concerned about it? Most of the time, that's the case. That underwear Olympics are one thing, but putting it on the field is another. And until we figure that out, we're just kind of having some intelligent conversation, some intelligent guessing is what's going on. But I was pretty accurate last year with predictions. So you stick with me, your defense is going to be helping you win fantasy. Why? Because defense wins fantasy. My name is Seth, and I'll see you guys next week.